to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all the players at the table. I am Dungeon Master Mitch. And I'm Dungeon Master Chris. And we have a uh, fun episode planned for you guys today. Uh, We are going to continue along our talk uh, of players. Uh, We're going to be talking specifically tonight about character alignment uh, and how that can create different group dynamics um, based on the people that you have in your group. And we'll also be talking about what it looks like for a group to work well together and have a common goal that they can focus themselves around. So, uh, sit back and enjoy as we uh, we enter into story time. Story time. Story time. The time during the episode where we talk about what happened last week during our campaigns, our favorite moments, what we learned about ourselves, and what we learned about each other. Please join us now as we enjoy story time. All right, Mitch, as we get into story time of this episode, what are, uh, what are some funny or interesting things that happened in your last campaign that you want to share? Uh, well, you were there, Chris. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, it, was, it, was one of the, uh, it was one of those times where I knew it was going to happen during the night, and you can, you can uh, back me up on this. I yep. couldn't stop laughing before we even started playing the game it's because I knew true. it was going to happen, and so all you guys were kind of... Wondering what was going to happen. You had um, this really, like, fruity smile on your face the whole <laughs> night. Because you were like, I really want you to do what I want you to do. Yeah. Um, so you guys got to a town, and in the town it was a, it was a shepherd, uh, a shepherding town. The sheep and wool and everything was their, their business of the town. Pretty small town. Um, you guys get there. You're strangers in this town. Strangers aren't normally... Welcome too yeah, much. We um, were we were looked at very strangely when we first walked in. Yeah, and some some shepherd started to pick a fight for with you guys, accusing you of stealing sheep. Um, even though we had literally just gotten to the inn. Even though you had just gotten to the inn, um, and then you found out about there were sheep missing. They were going missing. Uh, you had just encountered some smart, really smart wolves, so you guys all thought, ah, it's got to be the wolves, but everybody say, no, no, we know what wolf attacks look like, it's yep. not a wolf. And then you found out there was a boy missing as well, and you guys are just wondering if they're connected, and just trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so you guys, of course, went out and uh, chilled with some shepherds at night, and just trying to investigate, and... Yeah, we basically, we were like, okay, we, we found out that this boy was missing, we talked to his father and said, hey, like, where's your boy? He's like, I have no idea, he just got, looks like you got, just got <laughs> up and walked out of the house. Yeah. Like, there wasn't any physical signs of breaking and entering or anything like that. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure the whole time you guys were pretty convinced that it was the wolves, and that orcs were behind it. Yeah, something like wolves. that, yeah. And you guys were so positive that it was orcs and, and wolves, um... And that this was some big, like, conspiracy with the orcs and the wolves. Yeah. Well, when you got out to uh, the field, um, some sheep went missing, and you guys saw some sheep walking away from the flock, um, and you went up to it, and the sheep was... There was there was one sheep. It wasn't my character that found it, was it? I it don't was, think so. It was somebody else's, and he... Oh, that's right, because he ended up killing them all. He yeah. he went up to one sheep, and he looked at it, and it just, like, looked back at him, and, like, half of his face was missing, <laughs> and he had this weird foam coming from his mouth. 
uh, just dripping down. And it and was zombie. It was sheep. zombie sheep. Yeah, it was zombie, zombie sheep. sheep were happening. And, it was and like, I think my favorite part of that night was when I described what was going on. And Mark just got up and did this giddy little dance and started laughing. It just like it's zombie shit. Yeah, he like got up and ran. And like all you guys just couldn't contain your giddiness, (laughs) realizing that you were going to be battling zombie shit. Yeah. Well, and it was yeah, it was well, it was so much fun. So we like we, our friend Austin killed all of these sheep. Uh, There were three of them at the time, and we were like, okay, well. We probably could have just followed them because they were going off in this direction. And so I think we got everybody up, just waited for more zombie sheep to come because we found out that they looked like they got bit by one and infected. And so we waited for more to come and more came. And we all followed them and just walked back, like just walked for a couple of hours just off into this field. Uh, and uh, we got to this place where there's just this there's just this shack just in the, in the middle of this forest. <laughs> And there's all of these sheep, like, banging their heads on the door, like, just boom, just like, banging it. Like, 70 sheep. Like, yeah, like, I think it was, like, 70 sheep, and you, I think you, for, like, you just threw, like, little tokens out on the table yep. and just put them all around this building. Uh, and uh, we were like, well, there's something in there. There must be. And so we didn't really think uh, before we did this, so we just started killing them all. We just... We started shooting them. And I was every like, single every single shoot. one of them. And I was like, <laughs> I wasn't I, expecting that. Yeah. Well, I said, to, I said to Mark, I was like, Mark, shoot the big one. I bet if you kill the big one, it controls all of them, and it'll just die. Yeah. There was there were some sheep that were glowing. There were some sheep that were. I think there was one on, on fire. fire. There was, and there was one that was huge. Yeah. There was one that was massive. There was some weird stuff going on. Yeah. But they're all zombie sheep. Yeah. And so I just said, Mark. That big one is glowing. Why don't you shoot that one? It's probably the leader. They'll probably just, like, die or something like that. And so he shot it and just pissed it off. It didn't die. <laughs> and they all turned around and started coming after us. So we had this, like, huge zombie horde fight. And, like, we all got separated. And some of us were getting stomped by zombie sheep I think stuff. two of you almost died, right? Yeah, I'm pretty almost sure. Almost killed by well, zombie sheep. Yeah, Austin got separated, and I tried to do something really heroic and jump in front of him so that... Because he was close to dying. I knew he was. Because um, he was just getting trampled for rounds and rounds and rounds. And so I jumped in front of him and got bit and, like, fell over. And uh, lo and behold, what we didn't think at the time, we were like, we were just so infatuated with the zombie sheep idea that we just wanted to kill them all. Uh, we didn't realize that we just could have moved them away because yeah. they were attracted by sound. Yep. And we could have just moved them away from you the barn. You could have easily just had one person yeah. lead them all away. Yeah. Instead, we took part in about a... Two and a half hours. Yeah, it was sheep. ridiculous. It was towards the end of that battle. I was like, and I think I realized it with like fifteen sheep left. I was like, come on, why did we? Why did we fight all of these? This was stupid. And you're like, yeah, that was stupid. This wasn't what I was planning on you doing. But hey, it makes for a good story. Anyways, we we found the little kid. He was he was in the building. Like he looked like he had gotten trapped. He was just he was worried about like what was good, like what he had done. Like he and at this point, you guys, I'm pretty sure still thought. Oh crap! Either this kid is a necromancer, yeah. or there's a necromancer in the building that's yeah. holding him hostage. Yeah. Well, and what we, yeah, we found out that he wasn't a necromancer. He had just gotten a hold of a spell book, yeah, uh, and that he had stolen from somebody. And earlier on in this adventure, we were stalked by this guy yep. uh, in the city because he didn't trust us because he he knew that his spell book had gotten taken. But he thought we took it. He didn't think that this little boy had ended up taking it. Uh, 
I think my favorite part of the whole night was not the zombie sheep. Like, that was fun. Uh, but on the way back, yep. like, so I had gotten bit. Gotten, gotten bit by the zombie sheep. Yep. And this was a, this was not, like, regular zombieification. The only way that you were going to get this disease is when you rolled a fortitude save. I think it was like two or crit like one. Yeah. And of course you guys decided to verse <laughs> 70 sheep, so yeah. the chances of some of you getting a crit yeah. one, two of you guys got a crit one. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're walking back and all of a sudden Mitch is just like, uh, your your character starts to feel a little weird and, and you start to just feel this is weird like bot like like zombie sheep buying noise. Uh and all of a sudden I started just like walking off in this random direction. Like I couldn't control my character anymore, I just started walking off. Uh and then didn't we, like, try to start to attack everybody after a while? Basically, like you guys had to be contained, so the other, the rest of the group, and there's four four people in this group, they have some donkeys, and they just taught, tied you guys to donkeys, had the donkeys lead. The donkeys, of course, are not slowing down, because they've got zombie, sheep-infested people. people behind them trying to eat them. Yeah. And you get to town, and the guards, of course, aren't going to let you in. Yeah. So you're doing this little circle lap. With well, I think the <laughs> best part donkeys and zombies chasing them, and just trying to explain to this this poor town guard the situation. The town guard's like, "I'm not letting you in yeah. here." It was ridiculous. Well, it was I, ridiculous night. It was I, great. I think my favorite. I think one of my favorite points at, with that whole thing was Austin's character. It wasn't Austin's character that was infected, was it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah it was Austin's character. Mark's Mark stood up. Our yeah. friend Mark. And was, like, pretending to lead the sheep. And you have, like, this little wall in your house that, like, you can walk around and then, like, it's, like, walks into the kitchen. Then it literally, they were, And they literally, literally walk around this. Out. Yeah, they were, like, <laughs> acting it out the whole time as we're just sitting here. It was here. great. It was it's awesome. I loved play. it. So that was a really good night. I really yeah, enjoyed it. Was, that how, was about, uh, how about your campaign? Um, I had a lot of fun um, with my campaign. I was telling you before we started, this was kind of the night where, like, I mean, you as a DM, you always like your story. You always have fun with it. But I think this was the night where I really, like, fell in love with it. Because just preparing, I, like, created this whole dungeon that you guys were going to go through that you ran into. Um, you guys were finally figuring out, you know, basically what's going to be going on. At least at least you know what's going to be going on the rest of the time, um, for the most part. But it, it was cool to, like, reveal, like, okay, there's finally this bad guy that we know that we're going after. There's finally, like this other good side that we're fighting for trying to stop this bad side uh, and so we, we it was basically a long dungeon crawl night is what, yeah. is what we did um, not too long because somebody uh, somebody was good at leading them <laughs> yeah yeah so I had this whole I think I had like this 16 room dungeon drawn out like ready to go and I think we only hit like 6 rooms or something yeah, like something that, like that. Uh, because Mitch was just like I want to go this way all right, let's go this way. Okay, let's go this way. And like, I had teleportation archways in this room, in this place. I too. was mapping it out on a piece of parchment and getting. And I'm like, oh, we're gonna keep going in, keep going in. Don't go that way. Thinking that, oh, I've got this, I've got this. We yeah. always go down deeper. Yeah. Um, you never. I, I wasn't getting it right. No, your teleportation your map magic. However, However, I was getting it. You right. You were getting it right because you went through exactly the right turns yep. you had to and whatnot. Um, and like I, I could have deterred you if I wanted to. <laughs> oh, but I it was, had no idea. If the no, it was it was it was getting later in the night, and I was like, "Wow, he actually made it here right away." Uh, and so you guys were going through this dungeon, and and uh, you you were fighting I mean, different. Kabul my character and, does have an eighteen. Yeah, your your character is ridiculously so. smart, stupidly <laughs> smart. 
Um, so you guys are finding loot, and you're finding, like, different weapons, and you're fighting kobolds here and there, and um, you ran into some new bad guys that you're going to be facing, the Dryads. Um, and I think I think my favorite part as a DM was having the puzzle that you guys came up against. Oh, gosh. I yeah, that. yeah <laughs> I knew the minute that I walked in, you were like, I'm going to hate tonight. What are those puzzles called? Slide the, puzzles? The slide puzzles, yeah. yeah. So you guys... You guys got all the way through the Chris, dungeon. Chris did, a, did awesome. He actually took a piece of cardboard and like made an actual slide puzzle about the size of our table for us to work on. Yeah, it was. A now six- I hate those kind of puzzles. Yeah. So I was just like, oh gosh, all right, guys, figure this out. Yeah. But it was super sweet to watch, and I actually did pretty well in helping. It was a it was we, a sixteen piece. Out. It was good. It was a sixteen piece slide puzzle that you guys had to figure out, and uh, I. It was at that point, I didn't know if you guys were going to be able to get it, or if you weren't, because I, I, I hadn't tried it myself to see if it actually worked. I knew it would, um, but I was like, nope, I don't want to take the three hours to figure this out, because that's probably how long it would take me, but I was like, there's probably somebody that's smart enough here to do it. So we had the, we had the dragon symbol um, that, we, that you have seen on all the kobolds and on the dryads that, that glows when they're alive, and then when they die, it goes out, um, and that was what was on the door. And so you guys had to do the slide puzzle on the on the door in order for this door to open. Uh, and as a DM, there was this large satisfaction that came over me when you finally got it. Like it was probably you guys probably did it for like thirty or thirty five minutes. Something like that. Yeah, and I was just looking at it the whole time. Like I didn't care what everybody else was doing. Like some of you guys lost interest after a while because you're like, ah, eh, uh, you know. I wouldn't. I, I don't the think lost. Was, I don't think we lost interest. I think um, when you come to a puzzle like that, you realize that. Many That's hands. not the puzzle that you want everybody working on. Yeah. So I totally was not helping as much as I normally would had it been a puzzle that all of us should be involved in. However, I didn't lose interest. It was yeah. sweet to see us actually finish it. Yeah, so. which I was, I was really happy. Because if it got to the point where it was like, okay, you guys have been doing this for an hour, I probably would have been like, okay, you spend another couple of hours doing this and you finally figure it out. Yeah. But I think for you guys, too, like there wouldn't have been that satisfaction of like, wow, we actually did this 16-piece slide puzzle. Like, Caleb went nuts with that thing. And I know if he wouldn't have finished it, it would have bugged him the rest of the night that oh, he yeah. couldn't have finished it. Caleb would have asked to take it home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, for me, that was that was really, really cool to see that. Like, I made this puzzle. It took me a couple of days to make this puzzle, spray painting it and, and draw painting the, the symbol on there, cutting it up and stuff like that. And then for it to finally happen and be good and work was just awesome for me. It was awesome. Now let's talk about the, the big reveal of the night. Yeah, yeah. So and after of course, you, the, the brilliant mind who figured it out. Yeah, yeah. Which was you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So we get into this room, and uh, there's just a... It's, it's basically like the main, it, for lack of a better term, boss area. It was the boss yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah. It was the boss battle of the night. Uh, and so you walk in, and there's this woman you've been trying to follow, which you guys thought was a witch at the time. Uh, turns out she wasn't a witch. She's something cool. Or is she? Or is she? <laughs> no, she's not a witch. Uh, so you, you come into this room, and there's I think there was like 15 or so kobolds. There was a couple dryads, some kobold sorcerers. And then you saw Evanor, this, this old woman who's standing on the back of the room. And in this room, you see this big, like, cistern pool water area that's like four feet off the ground with steps all the way around it. Um, you see some tables on the outside lined with with vials. You didn't know what the vials were at the time. Um, and then we have with us a character, an NPC named Dale, Dale, yep. who has been on our side. And we see Dale, and we're, we're in the boss battle, and yep. we try to fight... Yeah, you guys Evan- are fighting Evanor. 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 
Um, and she just kicks our butt. Yeah. Um, so you you see so so you see you guys are like busy fighting all these things because Dale is just a beast. He's just like, I know what she is. I'm going after her. And he's like, he gets stopped by a couple of characters before he can get there, but he kills them. Uh, and he's like, I gotta kill this woman. And you just see him charge right in there right away. You guys are doing your thing, killing them. And and what was funny is Casey shot her. Or my brother Casey shot her with an arrow. It hits her. And then just, it goes into her, but then it just burns and falls off. Like, it, because it just, that's just what happened. And Mark goes to hit her, hits her with a sword, and takes some burn damage, because dragons are very, very hot and warm. You revealed it too quickly. Oh, damn. <laughs> All right, so we're, they're in the, Dale and Evanor are in this part. battle. Um, ah, it's fine. Uh, Dale and Evanor are in this battle, and we each slowly start to see them hitting each other, and, uh... There, you explain how it looks. Yeah, well, Mark right. actually got hit first because okay, he yeah. went up to go and hit her. He hit her with a sword, and then she just w- leaned back and punched him, and he mm-hmm. went flying across the room. Uh, and so, at this point, you guys are all kind of you're getting closer. You're getting to the point where you can see her, uh, and and you're not losing focus on what's going around because you're you've got very few enemies left, and you're basically focused on her. Um, and so you you see her. Some of you saw her. Uh, punch and you see her skin kind of rip open a little bit and you see like almost like steam come out and just, you just see black scales yeah. on her arm. Now uh, I did not see that at first. No, what I saw didn't. was I saw Dale do that. Same thing only gold scales and I thought he's a freaking kabold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I am glad that I finally did see that because I as soon as I saw that like with her I was like black scales, gold scales. And I was like, everybody else's ears were closed. I'm like, Chris, just so I know, are you playing D&D lore with dragons yeah, here? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure there's two dragons fighting right yeah. now. Because dragons have the ability to to transform themselves. Yeah. And I'm also a very smart character, so I would probably know yeah, this. Well, you're, you, like, you're like, yep, yep. And I'm like, alright, awesome. Well, you because the knowledge, two seconds Jack. before that, I was about to go up and stab Dale in the back. Yeah, <laughs> I was cause... about to... Kill that traitorous Kabold scum. Yeah, because you said you said to <laughs> you said to everybody, "Hey, we can't just kill her. Don't we just have kill to. Her, we have to I take." I seen Dale scales. Yeah. at Dale scales, yeah. and I was like, "I don't know if we're fighting the right person here." <laughs> yeah. yeah, which was fun to know that because I was like, I thought you were just like, "Okay, we need to capture Dale and actually figure out yep. what the heck's going on." Um, but so yeah, that was that was fun for me to finally like. Be able to reveal like what Dale was, what Evanor was. Um, for the most part, you. I mean, I don't think they haven't figured out because only your character knows right now. Um, but you were like, okay, look, Dale, you got some. You have some explaining to do um, to us, and you. You also figured out how the Kabolds were getting all over the world. You had this big cistern of water, and then you had on the side of the veil or the vials with like dirt in them that were labeled with each city. You detected magic on them, and you think you know how. To travel to each area around the world now. By the way, um, that was a real. I don't know if you created that in your mind or you something gave you inspiration from that. No. But that was super good and a good idea for you listening for like teleportation magic because probably your players won't be listening to our podcast sure. and they'll think that you're creative and you're yeah. creative. But like he had a pool of water, this dark water that if I'm Figuring it out correctly, yeah. you throw this dirt in from different areas, you step into the water, and you teleport to the area the dirt was from. 
That's cool. Yeah. That's a cool. Yeah, that was that was what I came up with. I didn't put all those potions on the side. They weren't potions. Yeah. They were vials of dirt. Yeah. That's a cool thing. Yeah. It wasn't. I don't. I liked like with your other campaign. I liked the idea of teleportation. It cuts a lot of time out. Like as far as like, oh, okay, because we're gonna be traveling all over this world. Like. I don't want to have to make you guys travel for, like, a year at a time and come up with this whole backstory of, like, this is what's happening all over the place. I was like, in D&D, there's teleportation magic. I'm going to use that to my advantage, but I'm going to come up with some cool way to do it. And so what I kind of... I guess one area of inspiration I got was I watched Harry Potter a couple weekends ago and, that you know, the, the scene pool where he sticks mm-hmm. his face in and you can see yes. it, you pour the, the thought in. I kind of got that idea, but they don't teleport. They just kind of see the thoughts. I kind of got that idea from there, where it's like you go into the water and you, you're in an alternate area. Um, so I got that idea where you put the dirt in and you actually teleport to the area. Now, yes. you don't know what's going to happen if you do that yet. You don't know what's going to happen if you step into the water, how you're actually going to show up in an area. You may get killed, um, or you may not. You don't know. So I'm pretty charismatic. Yeah. I'm 18 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll find out. But that was, that was a lot of fun for me to finally, like, get that out there and say, okay, now you guys are, you kind of can see the trajectory of where this is going for the future, which I think helps get a lot of buy-in from you guys as well. Like, oh, this is cool. We can kind of see what's going to be going on the rest of the story, you know, but. That was a good story time. Yeah. Pretty long, yeah. but good. Pretty good. good yeah, stuff about it. it was fun. All right, fun. well, let's uh, get to the meat, shall yeah, we? Yeah, the meat of the episode. Woo, woo. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? Looks like meat back on the menu, boys. Alright, for the meat this episode, we are going to be talking about all things character alignment. Um, So, if you are uh, new to Dungeons & Dragons, perhaps this is... Uh, you've just started DMing, um, perhaps you've just started playing. Uh, most DMs, most uh, players use a nine-point alignment system, uh, starting off with uh, there's uh, good, neutral, and evil, of course, and then across the board there's lawful, neutral, chaotic. And so when we go to good, there's lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good, neutral, lawful neutral, Neutral or true neutral yeah. and chaotic neutral, yeah. and then for evil, lawful evil, neutral evil, chaotic evil. Um, and so, Chris, I guess I just wanted to start off by asking, what what's your favorite alignment to play? Do you uh, have a favorite alignment? Specifically, I like good campaigns. Yeah, good campaigns. Um, yeah, I. But what about but what about a character? Like what lawful oh. evil, neutral good good? I, what would you choose? I don't know. I. I don't like playing evil characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't like people playing evil characters because we've <laughs> run into problems with that in the past. I've tried playing an evil character once. I just didn't have fun with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why. It wasn't like I felt bad playing the character. It was just like I was just basically I found myself stealing and killing everything I wanted to. Yeah. You know, and and I it could just be because I don't have enough experience playing evil characters to know how to truly play them. Um, but good characters to me are pretty easy to play, but you can play them in a lot of different ways. And so I, I think that's why I like playing good characters the most. Um, what about you? I think for me, um, I used to favor evil characters. Yeah, you uh, did. Playing evil characters. 
Um, neutral evil used to be my favorite. Uh, I still have a love of playing an evil character. Yeah. Um, however, I think my favorite now is probably neutral good. Yeah. Um, and mostly because, at least in our group, uh, that just works out the best. Yeah. Um, I I understand um, where you're coming from completely with uh, dislike for evil characters. Um, I think that evil to play an evil character right takes the right kind of person. Yeah, it does. And not only does it take the right kind of person, um, and this kind of sucks because if you are the right type of person that can play an evil character well, I think it still relies on your group and whether or not you have the right type of group. Right. Uh, if you have a group full of good characters and one evil character, um, you need players that are going to play with uh, separation of character and player knowledge. Yep. You need characters. Uh, you need players that are going to uh, separate the game from reality and not take yep. things personally yep. and have fun with it. Yeah. The first character I played ever in D anD D, I played with you in a game, and it was an evil character. Yep. And I was messing up you guys like oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah. However, we came to the end of the day and we played, and we ended the game. And all you guys were like, dude, that was so yeah. much fun. Like, you got, I was screwing with you guys, stealing your stuff. Like, like, well, you guys were fighting enemies. I'm looting the other rooms. Like, but it was fun. Yeah. Because we played with a good group of people who were like, dude, that was sweet. Like, yeah. I'm not holding a grudge against you. It's a game. These yeah. are pretend objects. Like, whatever. Um, so I think, I think, um, definitely takes the right kind of people. But, um, yeah, I would definitely say neutral good is my favorite. Yeah, neutral, um, neutral good is a, is a I, I was just looking at it while you were talking, I was reading it, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty it's a pretty good alignment to play. I think neutral good would probably fall along the lines of most of the greatest characters in the stories that we all love. Yeah. Uh, well, the example, the example, yeah. good. the example they have on on Wikipedia is uh, Zorro and Spider Man. Zorro and Spider Man. <laughs> so <laughs> those are those are two of the greatest characters ever. Then I guess we're Gaul, Zorro, yeah. and Spider Man when we play neutral good. Um, but yeah, I think I think for the most part, I, I like good characters, and, and you like neutral characters. But uh, what? We've run into problems in the past with somebody not knowing how to play because neutral is a neutral is a hard area to play because you're not sure when to be evil, when to be good, and we've run into problems with neutrality in the past, right? You can yes test that. I think that there is a there is a belief out there running among a lot of new players to D and D that sometimes carries over into not new players. That neutrality simply means I get to decide, that I get to choose whatever I want. Specifically, chaotic neutral means that my character does whatever he wants, good or evil, whatever I feel. It's a, it's a video game mentality. Yep. Um, when we play games like Skyrim, that you're in a world where you can choose to do good things or bad things on each quest, and it really has no effect as far as, like... The way people see you. The people you do good to, they'll like you. The people you do evil to, they won't like you. It's you could you could run around in Skyrim doing all the good quests, but then you can run around in Skyrim on the same time and murder people. And if you're not caught, 
there's no repercussions. Right. That's your character. Your character really doesn't have a moral basis. And I think that a lot of people think that the chaotic neutral especially falls into that, um, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. This is a huge problem uh, for not only the DM, but for, I think, the rest of the characters at the table. Um, and to be honest, that's not a real person. Yeah. <laughs> that's Honestly, that's a psychopath. Yeah. And, and if, you're, if you're murdering somebody one instant than doing good the other instant, you're more evil than good. Yeah, well, I, I was just, while you were talking, I was reading through Chaotic Neutral... And it says a subset of chaotic neutral is strongly chaotic neutral, which describes a character who can appear insane. Like it, yes. it I mean if if, if they you're decide, going to decide you want to play an insane character, yeah. you probably pick chaotic neutral. Yeah. But most people I've seen play chaotic neutral just think I get to be a selfish character that whatever my players you know, whatever I want to do with my character, I'll do it and I yeah. don't have to worry about alignment. Yeah. Not the case. Yeah, <laughs> which can cause problems within the group. I yeah. mean, if you have a story that you're trying to go after, it can throw some roadblocks up in the, in the story. I mean, you have a place that you want to go for a night, and a character runs off in a different direction to go and do whatever the heck he wants because he's a quote unquote chaotic neutral. It can throw a huge wrench into the plans that you had for a night, you know. And, it, and I mean, it, if, if you get if you have a whole group of chaotic neutral characters who who look at the game this way. Whatever. To yeah. be honest, in my personal opinion, and I'm sure you too, loving story, that's going to make a really jumbled, not great yep. story. Yep. However, if that's the group you got, you like to play with, whatever. Yep. Like, go for it. I think that group is better off playing 4E, <laughs> where morality <laughs> just, just do whatever. matters yeah, much, yeah. and just run around and fight people, yeah. and now we've got a bunch of haters listening to yeah, us right. hating us. <laughs> um, but... But I think, re- like, in what I mean by that is, I think that that group does shouldn't care about story as much, yeah, and shouldn't complain if you as the DM go whatever. We'll just make this a combat based one because a group of people playing that way, there, there's no way to even plan around a group like that. Yeah. Like, why am I going to put this damsel in distress because this group is just going to go? Are you going to give me money? No, then screw her. Yeah. Like, are you going to yeah. give me money? Yes. Then I will go save yeah, you. Yeah, I'll <laughs> save you. Yeah, like, <laughs> Whatever is best for my character. Yeah. I think that's where it comes into play. Is it's, I think it's an issue of selfishness. Um, yeah. I don't know. I personally always fall on the side of, like, choose a side, man. Choose, like, are you... And, and neutrality, the book tells us that neutral characters fall on the lines of good more than they do yeah. evil. Like, even a selfish person wants the world... To be a good, comfortable place yeah. to live in, more than an evil place where they're in danger their whole lives, yeah. they would fall on the lines of good more. Yeah. But it's just so much better if you choose a side to be able to, you know, when you come into a situation, you know where you stand, and you can stand that ground and roleplay your character that yeah. way. Yeah, and, and I mean, with, with neutrality, too, like, you can choose to do, I mean... you. A lot of times you're looking out... For, you're, your freedom is above everybody else's. Like, you're, you're a free spirit. I get that. But when you join a cause as a neutral player, like, you joined that, that cause for a reason. You joined going on this quest because you saw that as the best fit for you. And so, yeah, you're going to... I mean, you still have that spirit of freedom within you, but you're on this quest to do what you think is best. And so it's like, you're not going to, like, 
say you're going on this quest with, with some people to save this damsel in distress, you're not going to, while you're going, steal from the party fund or something like that because that's still in your best interest. No, like, you're on this quest to do what you feel is right. Like, you've joined this cause for a reason. Um, and so I think a lot of times people forget that, that you don't, you don't just do whatever you want unless that is what your character would do. Like, yeah, sure, you can make a character that does whatever the heck he wants whenever. Like, he's just insane, like we said earlier. Um, but I think that, that ultimately just becomes selfish. Uh, it, it, I guess that brings us to selfish play versus team play. I guess that, I mean, team play, I feel, is always the best way to go uh, in, a, in a campaign. Would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, it's a team game. It's not a game dictated by one person. If D&D was a one-person game, there would be a dungeon master and a player, and I know that some people play that, and that's cool, but I think most people probably play that in the sense that they don't have a group big enough to play. Dungeons & Dragons is a social game. It's supposed to be um, a DM and a couple people playing together as a group, as a party, as a team. And if you don't have that team mentality, both as characters and as players, and I think the players thing is even more important than the characters themselves, the game's going to fall apart eventually. Yeah. Um, you can't... We've had issues with it where there's there's people at the table wanting to, to do stuff that does not work with the rest of the players. It's stuff that is going to ruin other players' time. Um, we've had players that have wanted to win, quote-unquote, D&D, um, which, disclaimer, you cannot win D&D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a winnable yep. game. It's not um, like, it's not like it, magic where there's an end in sight. I will say this. The only way to win D&D is if you end that night and everybody has had fun. Yeah. That is the that is the only winning the D&D, having fun as a group, together, laughing, joking around about the game, that's yep. the way to win. Yep. Other than that, there's no there, there's no winning D&D. Yeah. There's no. Yep. Uh, group mentality, We, I think our group has gotten to the point where we have this good group coordination. I mean, we still have things every once in a while that, that come up where we have to just, you know bring these matters up, talk about them, get them fixed so we can keep going so it doesn't turn into anything big. Um, but what are some things that we've done in the past to help group mentality? I know um, party loot is one thing to help with the camaraderie of the group so it doesn't feel like one person's getting ridiculously rich uh, while the other ones are like, well, I have jack squat yeah, for I anything, think, you know. I think that as far as gold goes and possessions, I think that's a huge, it's a great part of the game. It can also be a huge deterrent. Yep. in part of the game um, to to a team mentality. When you come across a room and there's gold and your character stumbles in upon it, like if, um, once again, if the character is a neutral or an evil character, um, their mentality might be, and I'm not saying all neutral characters would do this, because especially I think a lot of neutral characters that are playing right with a team mentality wouldn't do this, but... Their mentality would possibly be steal the gold, don't tell anybody I found it, mm-hmm. loot the room, find the best items, take them, don't tell the group, yeah. um, sell them in town, whatever. Like, and that's that's something that's awful for team play, 
can cause problems, especially because I don't, like, it doesn't matter, like, how well you are playing character and player knowledge, but when you see somebody at the table stealing stuff, you see it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. see it, and if it continuously happens, you're going to start to dislike that player because yep. they're taking everything away from the group whenever they get a chance. Yep. Um, I think having a party system encourages um, the group to join together, uh, to work towards something big, um, to want to um, together work towards a common goal with their loot. Yep. Um, it's, a, it's a good system. Uh, you want to make sure that you give the party loot to a player and a character who is not going to mess with it. Like um, We've even gone out of character when we've done it and said to the person, like, dude, this is serious. Don't screw us over here. We'll be upset. Yep. As, as people, we'll be upset if you mess with this. We're putting you in charge of this. We don't want your character stealing from the party loot. Right. Like, can we trust you and your character? Yeah. Um, and I think that's okay to, to break out a character for that moment to just yep. point out, hey, <laughs> come on, man. Yep. <laughs> Don't do this. Yep. Um, let's make this a common goal. Yep. Um, I think another thing that's good is to have um, some kind of some kind of end goal in mind that yeah, all your common characters goal want. Group. Yeah. Um, We've had tons of campaigns where um, all the characters have different goals in mind, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's good. That can be really good for uh, individual character development. I've always wanted a riding bear in a campaign. (laughs) Never gotten one yet. Yeah, and the group didn't care that much about (laughs) that. That was your thing. But there needs to be something that the group is working towards together, or throw in an enemy that the whole entire group hates. Yeah. And wants to kill together. (laughs) Like, make some NPC the worst evil person ever that even if you have an evil character in the group that they hate them so much. They've done something to personally hate them. Yes. Make them do something messed up to the group as a whole so the group can bond on that. Like, that's actually a really... It is a good way to bring them together. It is, yep. Um, it It may even pass the point where you have to kind of be a little mean and mess with your players a little bit. But if it brings them together, it might end up being a good thing. It might not. We're not exactly telling you to go and destroy all your characters. Just go and just (laughs) go and piss all of your characters off. That's just piss uh, all of your friends off and they'll 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 love the game. Oh yeah, they'll love you for it. We've also Um, done things where it's like we have people we have a group buy a house. Because they yes. need a place to stay, so they save up gold. And then we and have the map out that we we have, or will as a DM map the house out and say, "Hey, here's all the rooms, and now you guys have the the layout of the house. Fill it with stuff." Yep. And really, what's happening in that? They're putting things on a piece of paper, yep. but in in their minds, they're getting immersed in the game, and they're yep. thinking, "Wow, check out this sweet house we bought." That we've got this, you know, I killed a dire bear, brought it back, stuffed it, it's in the middle of our, like, yeah. foyer, like, it's awesome, yeah. like. Yeah, it's things like that, that that I look back on and and just love um, about the campaigns. I mean, you can also do, like, in your past campaign, you made us all a part of a guild. Yes. Where we all were brought in as orphans, we all were, we lived together, we grew up together, so we automatically had this bond, we knew that going in, so there was... There was already that group mentality from the get-go. Like, and if you betrayed anybody in that guild, basically there was no going 
forward in that campaign, you wouldn't be a part of the guild anymore. Yep. So it'd be like, all right, say goodbye to that character. Yeah. It's like, it's a way to kind of set in stone, you guys need to work together as a group. You're yeah. part of this guild, you're part of this con- guild, clan, family, whatever it is. It's yep. also a way to kind of make certain rules to not let your characters mess with each other. I th- yep. In our guild, there was, you know, one of the obvious guild rules was you don't kill another guild member. Yep. You don't steal from another guild member, you know? There's these certain these rules that you can put in place with a guild or a clan uh, to make sure that people aren't screwing each other over yep. and that when you leave the table at night, people aren't pissed off at each yeah. other. One thing I did with our campaign is I made you guys all from the same city, which is fine. You could still hate each other being from the same city, like all your fathers were on the Elder Council together. You could still hate each other. Um, but I think what I liked about what I did was... I made you guys come together around one common thing with that huge lightning storm, where it was like the Kabolds were attacking your city, you guys knew that something bad was going on, and you guys got sent out as a group. So there was already that group mentality built in where it's like, okay, we know we have to figure this out. We have to get this taken care of because our homes were threatened. You know, So it's things like that. Like You can have a good campaign. You can have a neutral campaign. You can have an evil campaign. You can have characters from all sides of that. I think for us, the easiest way to build that camaraderie, what we've discovered, is to give them some type of goal to be able to bring their characters around um, and to be able to help them just have fun with the game in general. I Um, think that um, something I want to point out for the Dungeon Masters out there, too, is that um, it's not... I think that part of the guild... uh, I mean, the guild... uh, The group mentality... Um, driving that as a thing you want um, and having ideas to make that happen is part of your job. However, it's not solely your job. Yeah. You need to communicate to your players that um, it's not always going to be your job to give them something to keep them together as a group. If they aren't looking for ways to stay together as a group, you're not going to have a good game. They need to come up with reasons why their characters want to be in this group um, as well as you giving them common goals, guilds to be in, um, encouraging party loot. Um, it can't. It's it can't, and it shouldn't be just up to you because um, we've seen games like that where people have created selfish characters, um, and they've just created a character that, in their mindset, um, is just going to do what's good for them all the time. And we've had points where they've literally sat at the table and looked at the dungeon master and gone. Uh, you need to come up with something for me to want to be in this group, or I'm going to leave. Um, and for me, I've always said, all right, yeah. <laughs> leave. <Yeah. laughs> yep. Your character walks away and he doesn't come back. If that's what you decide that your character wants to do, because it's not, like, I think there's this whole mentality that it's like, dude, I can't change the mind of my character. Guess what? <laughs> you can't. You can. You created him. Yeah. If you created a, a jerk that has, doesn't want any point in the story, then you're not respecting the DM or the rest of the players. You you can create a jerky character, but I think part of that progression of character is that even if he stays a jerk, he can become a jerk that likes the party he's with. Yeah. You need to, players need to have a connection to the group. They can't have the DM hold their hand the whole way. Mm-hmm. It won't work out. Um, so don't let the players... Uh, constantly tell you that it's your job and your job only to keep them together. Right. It's their job too. Yep. 
So let's talk about alignment-driven campaigns. Um, when you're creating a campaign, uh, I think you need to decide what kind of campaign that you want to have. Is it going to be a good alignment-driven campaign? Which I think I think most campaigns are probably would be classified would be, as good. Yeah, it would be close um, to good. Is it going to be neutral? Um, is it going to be evil? Um, I think that you and me both would probably say that our recommendation and choice would be to make a good campaign. Yes? Yep. Um, that's not to say that neutral or evil campaigns would be bad. Um, but let's let's talk about you know what what those campaigns would kind of look like. First of all, a good campaign. What does a good campaign look like? Um, obviously, uh, you have a storyline or even a sandbox kind of world, um, but your characters are in that world working to make it a better yep. place. Yep. Um, you can introduce quests, um, missions that your characters um, go on with with a good purpose in mind. Yeah, hoping to have the best outcome possible for everybody at the end of that campaign. Yes. Yeah. In a good campaign, if your characters come up to a situation and um, you're in a town and there's uh, a monster attacking that town and killing people, but the town is poor and can't pay to kill the monster, uh, what happens? You're gonna do it out of the goodness of your heart. <laughs> you do it. You do it anyway. Like you don't. You don't go. Forget you guys. I'm leaving. Um, I. I need payment and go to the next town. You're in a good campaign. You would step up and do that. Yep. Now, if people can pay, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You get a reward, but um, you're not doing it solely for a reward. Yep. Uh, what about complete opposite end? aspect of it, an evil campaign. What can an evil campaign look like? Yeah, I mean if you if you go along the same lines of that, let's just let's just use that that city example all the way through. Um, the rest of the neutra- neutrality and evil <laughs> campaigns, we can just use the monster attacking a city. Uh, in an evil campaign I think what it would look like is if you like that evil creature, you might even you start might attack. Enjoy you might even join them. You, know? you might wait. Be like, where's yeah. this evil monster? Point him out to me. Yeah, and you might try to diplomatize it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or you're gonna demand, or you'll high demand reward, or yep. some kind of like yep. you need to follow me into yep. battle now. Like, yeah. Oh, you can't you pay just, me a million gold. Yeah. Sorry, you see you later. You know? me like you owe me like yeah. big time which can be fun I mean I, I'm yeah. sure it could be really fun where you're just a jerk all the way through the campaign you, and you I mean that's that could be fun we've I played mean, evil campaigns yep. evil campaigns can be great uh, we did a prison break campaign where our characters basically broke out of the worst prison the hardest prison ever um, and all of our characters were we started at level five, but there was this mentality of our characters were the worst of the worst. Like right? They were right. They were. They did whatever guys. they wanted to do they to were, get out. They did and, what they needed to. Yeah, and it wasn't like it wasn't like wow, like we're doing messed up stuff. It was more like we all were kind of like we want to be in power, control. It wasn't like we were running around doing debauchery, yeah. stuff that made us feel sick to our stomachs yeah. afterwards. It was more of a power hungry evil characters yep. who had a lot of power. Um, and it was it was a fun campaign. Yeah, uh, we we were able to stick together as a group in our evilness to try and escape from prison, 
to take over. Um, you can have a campaign where your characters try to take over the world, like or a city or whatever. Yeah. Evil characters. I think an evil campaign can work out really, really well. Uh, neutral campaign. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know what exactly that. I guess a neutral campaign could be uh, more of a sandbox, like you guys do what you want, go out and be. I guess you could do a a, a thievery campaign yeah. where you're part of a thieves guild um, yep. and you're not really evil, but like you're going around stealing goods. You could do. I suppose a pirate campaign could be a neutral campaign. Um, yeah. I, uh, I guess yeah. Jack, Jack Sparrow would be kind of a neutral Yeah, character. Jack Sparrow, I think, uh, would probably... He's, he's not really evil. No, he's not um, really good. Yeah, either. he's not really... He's, de- he's definitely not evil evil. Yeah. He's definitely not good. He's definitely... He's a neutral yeah. character. Yeah, um, I, I, You could have a, a fun neutral campaign. I think it would be harder for you as the... DM, I think a lot of players entering into a neutral campaign would think, perfect, this is the perfect opportunity for me to play at my most selfish uh, oh, point. Yeah. Um, even, I think, beyond an evil campaign. Yeah. Um, but I think a neutral campaign could work out really well um, with the right person running it and with the right players playing in it. Yeah. Um, I think neutral, neutral campaigns with you would have a lot of people that would... I feel like it would still split the party. You would either end up going to the evil side, or you'd end up going to the good side. Like, your character would just based off of, like... You're, you can't really play a campaign without making choices that fall along a moral... I mean, I guess you could just sit there and eat line. an apple under a tree all day or something. And <laughs> like you're going to have to make moral decisions. yeah. yeah. Um, at some point, or you just whether or not you're doing it just for the sake of what's better for me or what's you know what's going to hurt me, but you're gonna the choices you make will, in the end, be at, like unless you decide to not do anything. Yeah, that's not a good campaign. You're going to be making moral decisions. Yeah, but yeah, um, and I, I guess uh, I guess something that we talked about with that is okay. So you just you decide what what kind of campaign do you want to run? Good. Evil, neutral. You decide that. Um, now the the next question is: Do you um, tell your players it's a good campaign, or even are you so specific to say it's a lawful good campaign, it's a neutral good campaign? And do you uh, do you tell them it's a good campaign? So therefore, your characters have to be good characters. Um, do you tell them they have to be lawful good characters? Do you tell them they have to pick just from the good character spectrum. Uh, do you tell them it's an evil campaign and do the same exact thing? Um, or uh, do you tell them we're playing a good campaign? Uh, this campaign will be driven in a good um, a good direction. Um, that's the kind of missions I'm going to be putting uh, forward to you guys. Uh, however, I'm not making you choose any specific alignment. You can pick whatever alignment you can. Yeah. Um, and I think when you when you're figuring out what exactly you want to do with that, um, you need to uh, figure out the pros and the cons of either of those choices. Let's talk about um, the pros and cons of uh, making it so you have to be certain alignments. So uh, let's talk about saying, "All right, it's a good campaign. You're all good characters." Or 
evil campaign, you're all evil characters. What are the pros of that situation? Uh, you know what you're going to get out of a campaign. Yeah. <laughs> you know where it's going to go. You know people. You know the decisions people are going to make before they make them, for the most part. You at least know that if you're playing in a good campaign with all good characters, that when you present to them that you're in a town, they don't have the money to pay, um, but there's monsters killing them, that they're all going to feel a desire to help those yep. people out. Yep. Um, so I think that's pros. Like, if you do a strictly good or strictly evil campaign and you say your character has to be evil or your character has to be good, I think you're setting yourself up so that you know exactly what you're going to get out of a campaign. You know that there's not going to be um, any group... I mean, group disunity can happen regardless, but it won't be because of decisions made in the game for yeah. the most part. Team Teamwork is going to come into play as the most when yep. that's actually the thing happening. Um, as much as I think another pro is even if characters, if players think, but I want to be that guy who's totally against everything, that's that maybe that person would do good at that. Um, but I've also witnessed people thinking they're going to do good at that, and then they are upset. First day of the campaign, when it's like their character wants to do something completely different from the rest of the group, and it's like, right. what do you what do you expect? I think the worst worst uh, decision that a player could make is to be a good character in an evil campaign. Oh yeah, <laughs> you have four evil characters wanting to take over the world, and that good character. What is he doing there? You could it could work. It could be a kind of undercover kind of cop situation. Um, however, how long does that last? Yeah. What's the end goal there? That would be something the DM and the player would need to work out together. Um, and as soon as those evil characters find out that that character's good, what's the purpose of not just killing him? Yeah. Like I think that the pro, the biggest pro is, like you said, you know what you're going to get from the campaign to a certain extent. It's probably going to work out teamwork-wise, group-wise, the best. Um, what about uh, what about cons of um, saying, here's what you are, you have to pick from this axis of alignments, uh, you can't, I'm not letting you budge on that. What are the cons of that? You know exactly what you're going to get out of the campaign. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, there may, it may take a little bit out of like the goofiness that is D&D. Yeah, &D. yeah um, I think some of the best decisions have come because we didn't have the same, the same alignments as everybody. That's really good. Uh, I didn't even really think of that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I mean, it could be a pro and a con. You, get, you know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, it can also be a con because you know exactly what you're going to get. Um, if you're looking for creativity within a group, I mean, you can only get so creative by telling everybody what they have to be. You, you limit half of the creativity that could come from a group by saying you can't be evil or neutral. You take away like half of, half of all of the possibilities that could happen. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest con for me is you, you know exactly what you're going to yeah. get out of a campaign. You're also... You're also in a, in a sense, in a very real sense, you're also limiting your player's creation in their character. Mm -hmm. They can only go so far with who their character is as a person. Um, now, because the uh, limits of the imagination really have no end, yeah. you still have so much to work with, yeah. it shouldn't really be something that um, a player should cry over. 
Yeah, no. It's, honestly, if I were to pick either side, I would say limited. However, there are cons, and that is one. Uh, you are limiting your players to a degree. Yep. Just like when you say uh, we are playing only players' handbook classes, races, you're limiting your yep. players. That's not always a bad thing. Sometimes yep. you need that. But um, there is the realistic aspect that, yeah, you are limiting your players. Yep. Um, any other cons that you can think of or pros? Um, not that I can think of. Do you have any? No, I think that I think we've covered what I can think of right now. What about um, what about allowing that mix of alignments? What are the pros to that? Obviously, like we said, uh, this added element of you could just get really goofy stuff going on because you got all these different characters that have all these different alignments in a group. You could, you're giving your characters more, you're giving your players more of a, um, they can do what they want and create the character that they want. I think Um, one of the pros that I've liked about allowing a mix is like, the players can end up changing the story because of the things that they do. Um, Like I know in, in uh, Sons of Bastion, you gave people the opportunity to choose. It was a, for the most part, I mean, people were neutral or they were good. There weren't any evil. There, there was, there was all good. Yeah, you was it all good? Yeah, okay. They were all good okay. in that campaign. They could pick any lawful, neutral, good, or um, chaotic, but okay. it was all good. Yeah. So I mean, like, did they all play good characters? No. no. But on their no. sheets, it said. Yeah, on their sheets, good. it said. That's what I was trying to <laughs> get at with thing. what I said. Yeah. So I mean, you. The pros and cons of allowing a mix is it it creates those opportunities, like we talked about a little bit, um, for things to happen, to change the story a little bit from maybe where the the Dungeon Master wanted it to go, uh, and it creates those fun memories that people have. Um, so, I don't know, do you have any, any pros that you want to add to that, to the allowing a mix? Um, any more pros, any more pros. Any, not that I, any not cons? That I can think of. Oh yes, yes, yes. cons definitely. Um, uh, cons. One of the cons is uh, that you can allow your players to edit the story <laughs> in the direction that they want to. True. Um, if you have a good campaign set into mine, and you have a bunch of evil characters in your group, uh, they're gonna want to twist your story, and in the end, make it into a good campaign. Yep. you're okay with this, then you're okay with this. Yep. Um, if you really have a story that you want to tell, uh, you're either going to come into arguments with your players or you're going to have to be okay with drastically changing your story. Yep. Um, what are some other cons, Chris, to allowing a mix of alignments? Um, I guess that mine, the one I'm going to say, depends on your group dynamic, but I think... Um, if you have evil characters within a campaign, you're specifically trying to go for a good character campaign. Some people sometimes don't know how to separate themselves from the game and from real life. Like, they don't know how to separate their emotions from that. And so, if you have somebody who's doing an evil campaign, or is is an evil character, and they do something that's evil and the person really doesn't like that as a character, they may not be able to separate that from real life and may have issues with that person afterwards. Sure. Um, if you have a good campaign with good characters and there's an evil character in the group who's constantly doing stuff uh, to screw with the uh, good characters, feelings 
honestly can be hurt on either side. Yep. Um, the person who's evil might get fed up with the fact that everything that he tries to do gets thwarted, mm-hmm. or the good characters may just maybe they can't stand the fact that this evil character um, keeps on doing stuff to mess with them. Um, and if they're doing a good job at being an evil character, not doing it in their faces so they just turn around and want to kill them. Yeah. Um, but if they know that this evil guy is going off by himself and feeding information to their enemies, that's... Uh, it could... It could leave the character um, and go into the player for anger purposes. Yeah. that's... That's, once again, a whole group dynamic thing. Yep. Um, Any others that you can think of? I think that... We talked, we mentioned it briefly, but roadblocks in yeah. the campaign are really a, can be an issue. Um, yep. If you've got a, like, here's an example. We pl- we've been, we're playing camp, my campaign right now. My campaign is um, a good driven campaign. Yep. Um, however, there's, uh, I've allowed a mix of characters, um, and we have, I think, we have two neutral characters in the campaign, um, and we have two good characters in the campaign. Yep. Um, well, we, uh, and one, and I'll say this, one of the characters who's playing neutral is much, uh, is a neutral character who, uh, falls on the lines of balance as far as neutral. Yeah. Um, he's a druid. Uh, yep. So he falls on those lines of, uh, a balance between good and evil. Uh, one of the neutral characters is playing a neutral character, like we talked about earlier. Um, my character does what's best for my character. Um, we played a mission where we found a lot of stolen goods that orcs had stolen uh, from merchants. Was it the orcs or was it the wolves? It was it was both. They well, oh yeah, that's right. Together. It was both. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the good characters in the group obviously were like, "Let's." We're obviously what we're going to do is we're going to see if we can find the owners and give it back to them. Um, and it worked out well for you guys because. <laughs> it's, it sounds messed up saying it worked out well for you guys, but some of the merchants had been killed by the orcs, right. and so there was no one to claim the goods, so you guys got to keep any unclaimed goods. Right. So you guys still made out with um, some some money from uh, it, and you got paid also by the Merchants Guild a sum yep. of money uh, for helping them out. Yep. Um, however, when we got to the um, the cave with the, the loot, um, one of the characters said... Why are we going to tell anybody about this? Let's keep it all, sell it, black market this stuff, get rid of it. Um, now, that's a roadblock that we're kind of talking about because you got a good driven campaign um, in which uh, you got two good characters that are going to butt heads with the other characters. And I can't remember what side the druid was on with this. Um, I, don't, I don't think he was. I wasn't there for yeah. this night, but I don't think he was on the side Probably of... Probably should. I think he was on the side of giving it back. Yeah. Um, but but there you got a roadblock of, now we've got to have this argument, and like, characters and players were a little bit frustrated with each other, and it's just like... Yep. Like, it's a good campaign. We've, I've told you guys this. I allowed you to pick characters and it was just like it's a little frustrating especially since this this uh character is a human living in a society in which nobility is one of the things that i said is a huge aspect of the humans in the society so it's just kind of like where what i was very shocked by this it came out of left field i was like your character's like this what okay i didn't even know this yeah but 
that kind of thing can cause a roadblock in your campaign. I think another thing is if you allow characters to choose alignments, uh, is how many characters are going to choose an alignment that you don't want. Yeah. Are you going to create a good campaign and only one person picks a good character out of four players? Uh, are it's you, not going to be a good campaign at are that you point going, in time anymore. Yeah, are you going to make a good campaign and allow them to pick characters with their own alignments and nobody picks the alignment that you have to drive the campaign? Um, and then where do you... Then that's going to cause a whole bunch of issues yeah. on... Uh, what do you do? Do you say, all right, I'm just going to pick randomly you and you. You have to be good characters. You don't get a choice, and then you're cutting that out. So you're gonna, you might have to make decisions like that, unfortunately, because you don't want to go. Okay, good campaign, but allow you to choose your own alignments. Oh crap! You all picked evil characters. I don't know what to do now. I guess I have um, to make my whole campaign an evil yeah, campaign it's, now. It's kind of. It honestly maybe the best idea if you want to do that is to do it on a case by case basis. Hey, we're gonna do an evil campaign. If you want your character to be good, talk to me about it. I'm not saying you can't do it, but let's talk about yeah. it because I need people to be evil in this campaign. Yeah. Or vice versa, good campaign. Hey, if you want to be an evil character, a neutral character, please talk to me about yep. it. Yeah. Um, those are those are all the cons and pros that I can think of. Yeah. Anything else? No, that's so that's all I can really think of. So what as a as a new DM, what is your recommendation to DMs with this? Um, we've talked about how we would probably both pick good campaigns, but there's good I, in all those different alignment driven yeah. campaigns. What would be your advice on uh, allowing players to choose alignments or not, and how to go about that. <laughs> so this is going to be weird because what I'm going to say is I think for somebody who's new DMing, the easiest way to go would be to just say do it one way, just to start, like just so you can get your feet wet with how to DM. You can, as in, as in, as in, just choose an alignment for everybody and, to be and tell them they have yep, to do that. Alignment. That's that's for the most part what I did. I I, I said it was a good neutral campaign. Um, and I think I said it was a good campaign, but I allowed for neutral characters. Mm-hmm. I didn't allow for any evil characters because um, I was just like, I just don't want to have to deal with that my first time going through the campaign. I just want to say, hey, you guys are all good or all neutral, and you're all going after the same cause. So I think for somebody who's new and from personal experience, that's the, the I think the easiest way to get yourself immersed into the DM world is just to choose one side or the other. Um, and I would say choose the side of having them all be, whether it's they're all evil or whether they're all good, choose one of those sides and just say, hey, everybody has to be that um, specific alignment to start out. So what would, what would you say? Um, having done both of these, uh, allowed a mixture and said, hey, you got to be this, um, my advice would to be uh, pick an alignment for your campaign-driven and tell them that they can choose from that alignment set. Um, I would advise allowing a choice of lawful, neutral, or chaotic um, within the good, the neutral, or the oh, evil yeah, aspect. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I, I have never ever said, hey, you can only be lawful good. Hey, you can only be chaotic good. Because um, it still creates a little bit of that tension that's always fun in the, in the uh, campaign. It's yeah. just not as drastic as somebody being evil versus good. Yes. You're allowing for little things to happen 
which create those those memories that you're yeah. looking for. And I would definitely say if you're going to pick an alignment-driven campaign, which I think is the best option, and you're going to allow allowing a mix of alignments, you need to say, okay, I'm going to allow a mix of alignments. However, we're playing a good campaign, so only one person is allowed to play an evil character, or I need at least two or three of you to be good characters. You need... You need there to be a, at least half the group that's the alignment that you need in that driving of what alignment your campaign is. Yeah. Um, I think, so, honestly, my advice is pick pick an alignment-driven campaign, tell them they can pick from that axis of alignment. Um, however, I would also say you're, you plan to DM a long time, try, and, try both methods out. Yep. Try all the methods yep. out, because... Not what we like isn't always what other people enjoy. So, yep. um, what what doesn't work in in our campaigns may work great in your campaigns. So yep. Try them all out. Yep. Uh, and with that, um, I think that we are done with the meat. Uh, let's head uh, to the DM light bulb. Light bulb. <laughs> Light bulb. So every week here on the Dungeon Master Block, uh, we want to give you some sort of uh, light bulb, as we say. So this is our ideas section that that we've kind of come up with some fun things that we've implemented into our campaigns uh, that we want to share with you that have just uh, helped our groups grow together and just have a ton of fun. And uh, this week, what we're going to talk about is our RPG trophy. So... Mitch, uh, what what is our RPG trophy exactly? Um, we've had a bunch of trophies in the past. For the end of the night, we we vote or give the trophy to who deserves it. Um, and the RPG trophy is the trophy that we've uh, stuck with um, and kept. Um, the RPG trophy is basically um, it can be anything. Um, we my, our trophy is this this weird marble knight statue that my friend gave to me as a joke. Um, for my birthday, just like, hey, it's your birthday, here's this. And I was like, some, like, <laughs> some antique thing from, like, his grandma that he didn't want. Um, well, I spray-painted it gold, added the letters RPG to it, and now it is our RPG trophy that has candles around it, because it is a sacred thing, of yeah, course. Yeah. Um, but our RPG trophy is basically we get to the end of the night, and we say, good job, everyone, and then we, uh, vote, um, we do a uh, private vote where you write it on a piece of paper and hand it to the DM on who you think uh, did the best job at role playing for that night. Yep. Uh, we all give cases for each other. Um, say anybody want to bring up anything throughout the night, and we reminisce about the night, what s- certain players did with their characters that was really great. Um, that uh, we don't we don't talk about what people did bad. We just talk about what yeah, they did no. great. Um, you can give a case for yourself. However, we tell we say that you cannot vote for yourself unless it ends up being a tiebreaker, in which case you can vote for yourself. Right. However, right. we don't really have that that often. Yeah. Um, but you can you can give a case for yourself and say I, I think I deserve it since I did this. We don't really ever too much have people giving cases for themselves. No, I, not I usually. I think it's best to have other people recognize your. Um, role playing skills, but yeah. um, it's just a it's a fun way to um, celebrate at the end of the night. Somebody doing really well. Um, it also can be a 
a good way to encourage um, people role-playing. That's what um, I was going to say about it, too, is it... Some people don't feel as comfortable role-playing as others. Giving it, something a prize help. That, yeah. yeah, it can help. Yep, it can help them get into character a little bit more, come up with backstories, come up with these things that... That's going to help them engage in the story instead of rather just sit there and just roll dice to attack creatures or roll dice to make will saves or whatever. It it helps them uh, have a little bit more fun with the group and, and get a little bit more involved. They, like we have people that come up with voices because they want to... The voices will help them get into character a little bit yeah. more. So they come up with different like... Like I think my brother in my campaign has like a little bit of a Scottish or an Irish <laughs> accent or something. And like Austin's character is like in my campaign is a little like spaz guy for lack of a better word he uh he's like he's got a really high-pitched voice and just shakes a lot and and so he really gets into it and and uh some people don't have voices for their characters which is fine but they do things like the other night caleb ended up winning the rpg trophy because he did an amazing job with the with the puzzle and that's what his character probably would have done was was done really well with the puzzles you know so um it's things like that 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 help uh us have build group camaraderie. Um, we've uh, in the past we've with uh, the trophies that we have awarded, we've given an award of um, something small like a hundred XP. Yep. Um, if that's something that you want to do, um, it can be a really another way to motivate role playing. Uh, we don't do it anymore because we've uh, fallen along the uh, thought process of everybody should have equal XP yep. to keep the game balanced. However, if that's something that you are not um, trying to keep uh, throwing a little bonus of XP. Um, we've also uh, had other trophies in the past with, uh, we've had a killing trophy, so the person who um, got the most kills and enemies uh, with the knight, they would get the killing trophy. Uh, we've had um, the the downs trophy. Oh yeah, the person uh, that gets knocked terrible, down the most. But it's, yeah, whoever, uh, whoever went down, uh, went below uh, zero the most. Yeah, we uh, got knocked funny because, the most. Uh, And obviously, if you die, you were probably going to win that yeah. trophy because yeah. if you died, it counted as ten. Yeah, uh, so it was hard not. To, it was hard to die and not get the trophy. Kind of a yep. little bit of a soften the blow. Hey, at least I got the down. At least trophy. I got the trophy. <laughs> um, and then we had uh, the the Richie Rich trophy, which was the person who ended up with, with the, the most, most money, money at the end of the night, night. Yeah. and. Uh, those, you know, we, we don't do those anymore because uh, we don't want the game to turn into a competition of, uh, well, I want to just hold on to my money to get that uh, trophy at the end. Oh, I w- I'm going to just use um, AOE spells all the time and kill everybody yep. so I get the trophy for killing at the end. Um, we don't want that to happen. However, your game style might be different than ours. You may be yep. playing in a more competitive um, battle um style format, in which maybe the killing trophy sounds like a great idea to you. If you have a bunch of players that all they want to do is try and make the best characters and fight monsters and see who can kill the most, killing trophy, great idea for yeah. your group. Um, but those, that's kind of our that's kind of our light bulb we would like to uh, bring you guys. Uh, if you have other ideas for trophies, uh, send those ideas in. We'd yep. love to hear love from to hear. you. Yep. So that, that, that about wraps us up. Light bulb.
Well, thanks everyone for joining us this week on the Dungeon Master's Block as we looked over uh, what it looks like for good and evil and neutral campaigns and all the goodies that go along with that. Uh, and join us next week when we'll be talking more uh, about players again, uh, specifically problem players and how to address uh, people when they become a pain in the butt. Uh, but until then, uh, thank you for joining us at the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person of the game. The only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all the other people at the table. Good night, Dungeon Masters. Good night. (laughs) Goodbye.